We've got some hey, fresh I'm new Louise. young talent. And I'm Luis. You're listening to the before. Content is Profit One, two, podcast. We spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn more about how to turn your content into profit, go to contentisprofit.com. Oh, yeah. That's right, guys. Today, a bonus episode. We yes. are talking about the lessons, the one and only Mr. Todd Brown left us with after the last episode that we recorded like two days ago. That's right, guys. So before we get started, please go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button so you know when the new episodes come out and you can be the first one to listen to it and let us know what you think. So uh, also, don't forget to follow us on social media at Co on Facebook and Instagram. Give, give us a shout. <laughs> Send us a DM. Slide in the DMs. Slide in the DMs. All right. And guys, if you found this episode impactful, or I invite you to go and listen to Todd Brown's episode. It's the episode before this one. And if you find it impactful, please share it with others that you think they're going to find it impactful as well. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you ahead of time because I know that you are going to do it and your words are so kind and uh, it means a lot to us, really. We've actually gotten a lot of actually DMs, people sending us those DMs on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, saying how much they are loving the show. So we appreciate, we appreciate the feedback. And if you have somebody that you want to bring onto the show and have this awesome conversation, or if you want to come into the show, go ahead and send us a DM because we love new friends. We love to learn about sales, marketing, and everything content. That is right. Just let us know. That is right. All right. So, Fonsi, um, yesterday, well, for those watching live, two days ago, for those on the podcast, yesterday, we had uh, Todd Brown. That's right. So, reveal a little bit. Who is Todd Brown? How, how do you meet or... Yeah, well, how do you run into Todd Brown? I met Todd Brown <laughs> when we interviewed him. But two days ago. I got to know about Todd Brown because one of our coaches, he was actually doing some, he does a lot of copywriting. And he was talking about this guy, Mr. Todd Brown. And I was like, oh, I'm curious. Like, if the person I look up to, he looks up to someone else, you know, I'm like, that person must be interested. He must know something pretty, pretty useful, right? So I went, I did my research, and I found Todd Brown, and immediately I got hooked on his content. Not only because it was very educational, but because it was extremely unique. Yeah. His content, it was like, it was some type of content that I haven't seen before. Um, I've, some other people might have been doing it, I don't know, but it was the first time that I was seeing it. And he was comparing this very, very old direct response marketing ads and he was pretty much teaching people why those ads were so successful or why they weren't successful and it was it was awesome to see honestly because i mean how often do we get to see really yeah. old newspaper direct response marketing uh, and it's funny that you mentioned that like old stuff right like we've we've lately have been in a lot of conferences and listening to these so-called uh, gurus, right? Well, I think the audience labeled them as gurus, really. Like, um, and they're teaching all like these new ways to do things, new ways to be different, new ways to be better, right? And you know, we talked about better being a perspective thing, right? It is is sub subjective to like whoever's listening or to whoever is like consuming that content. Yep. But it's interesting because no idea it's a brand new idea, right? It comes from something else. And the fact that yeah. Todd was going through I think like- it's, it's, 
extremely difficult for an idea to be a brand new idea. Exactly. Yeah. It's maybe a mix of different things and then that, that framework and that, you know, conjunction of different ideas make that one idea. But it's super cool that we're seeing things that have been working for years, right? Years and years, sometimes hundreds of years, like Todd was explaining, and then bringing it to now this internet world um, where everybody's super connected and then applying that to this is just filled to those things. So is that kind of like what he was doing or kind of what he was talking about? I mean, he one of his things is about, yes, being different, right? Having these big ideas, how you present them. And obviously when he was doing this content, when I first found him, I think he, it because of the length that he has been in the game for, mm. it was easy for him to explain those big ideas. It was easy for him to discover quickly what are the big ideas behind this direct response marketing ads, right? Um, but that was not only what I found fascinating about Todd is because I saw that he moved in a circle with the big, big players, yet he wasn't maybe as known as others, right? Yeah. Um, who are these big players, right? One that is super common that probably most of you know, his name is Russell Brunson, uh, co-founder of ClickFunnels. And... Todd Brown, company. yeah, Todd Brown, like we found an interview <laughs> where Russell Brunson, when he was first launching, uh, well, I think he had like a year since he launched ClickFunnels and he was launching his .com secrets book. Yeah. He was doing kind of like an affiliate, a JV partnership with Todd Brown and they had an interview and Russell was saying that he had, he had looked up um, Todd Brown for about nine years and I was like, Wow, like he's been in the game for a long yeah. I think he told time. us yesterday that he was there for 20 years now. Exactly. 20 years. 20 years. And, and personally, I found that fascinating because of the that that just means what th one thing. That means he has been consistent for 20 years. Right? Like he I mean, he's been in the game of direct response marketing and he hasn't like shifted much, right? Yeah. I mean, he he did mention he had background, he was working on some marketing for a company at first, but I mean, he stayed with it for 20 years. That is like the slight edge right now, right? Like that compounding effect, like every yeah. year he's learning more and he's becoming like better and better. And I think it was on his website that he says he's the, uh, I mean, he doesn't say it, but it's like, kind of like label him the experts of the expert, like experts go to him um, for advice. And I think that is absolutely fascinating yeah i think uh i think it was in one of the russell events that says like hey and it's related to content obviously but it's like endure long enough to float to the top right they were talking yeah. about different tv shows and how yeah. some shows are discovered in season five season six season seven right it's just because they've been there long enough that then they're being pushed and the audience finds them and then they binge watch this whole thing right so 100% applicable to content, but at the same time, applicable to you as a business, which yeah. is what Todd has done. He's been there consistent, providing value, consistent with his ideas and his publishing too. Mm -hmm. So then he is now viewed as the expert of the experts, like where these guys go yeah. find And find I, and I think that leads right? to one of my biggest enemies. <laughs> Immediate gratification. Dun, dun, dun. Dude, I, I mean, yeah. that's an important topic right now because I feel... People want speed. And I think it said, yeah. I think there's, I mean, Todd did mention, you know, like he tries to implement, like he says, one of the keys of my growth is that I try to implement as fast as I can. But I think there's a difference between speed of operation yeah. and kind of like 
speed of achieving all your goals, right? Mm. And I think we go into the game a lot of times, a lot of, I mean, first time entrepreneurs. And I, I think that sometimes, you know, some seasoned entrepreneurs, um, they go with the the mindset of, oh, I'm just going to do this quick. I'm going to earn, start earning money pretty quick. Yeah. And reality is not like that. We had that mentality when we first started. Yeah. And what were the results? The results were absolutely devastating. Us jumping from idea to idea, not getting anything, you know, like concise there that we could provide value to our, to our customers. And yeah, there was, I, I remember being one day and this, I think really marked like me personally, but I think us as a company too, like one of our dear clients, like she, she was with us for about nine months at the time. And because we were jumping from idea to idea, um, she came and said, Hey guys, you know, I really think like, am I your like guinea pig? <laughs> oh yeah. I feel like I'm your oh. guinea pig. And, uh, that like really resonated. Like, that was tough. Bad. But you know, what? Uh, uh, besides her saying that it was tough because on the inside we were like, Oh yes, you are. Yeah. <laughs> like, we knew uh, yeah. it. We knew it. And it was, it was, it was rough. And I, and I think, Hey, like we, we never hit anything. Like at the beginning, like we yeah. were like, Hey, we're going to be trying new things. Right. But I think it I was mean, like every, trying yeah. so many new things, right? Which, by the way, some of them really got her like really good results. Oh, yeah. Right? She got really good results. Uh, I mean, I think with one launch she did in five days, $12,000. And then on a second launch, I, th I think she booked about $40,000 worth of products and services. Yeah, I think she closed uh, over 20 grand. Over 20 grand in about five days. So, yes, amazing, right? But at the same time, it's like, okay, after some time, it does get tiring. If somebody on the outside can see it, like imagine on the inside how chaotic that could be. So that's why I feel we decided to like, okay, this is time yeah. to like hone down on one thing, one thing only. Yeah, no, um, totally. So, again, speed of operation against you know, like kind of like speed of results, if mm. we can put it that way. Mm -hmm. So again, he's been consistent for 20 years. So keep that in mind, guys. I mean, it's not like it's going to take you 20 years. Everybody's journey is different. Yeah. Right. But just know that you're not going to get results tomorrow or maybe in a month from now or not even three, five years from now. So you just got to stay consistent with what you're doing. And there's something that he said that I absolutely love. And we're going to make reference probably along the conversation that has to do with this. I'm just going to say it right now because it's so cool. Say it, say it. <laughs> so when we were bouncing from things to <laughs> things, right? Like when we were hooked in this immediate gratification vibe, yeah. um, we were jumping from course to course. We were being students, which is not bad, but from we were students from other people, right? And again, that is not... Bad. There's but a phase that you kind of have exactly. to do that. You, yeah. you need to do that, of course, learn the right skills so you can provide the best amount of value to your customers. Make sure you choose the right yeah. mentors too. But what he said was like, wow, like that is so cool because every people that we follow now, they fall, they fall under this category. And he said, you need to be a student of the market. And I was like, mm. oh no, so much wisdom, <laughs> dude. And like, I remember when we started um, working with Steve Larson, right? Yeah. Like, he, he's one of our coaches, and he teaches about this. He teaches about red ocean, blue ocean, right? Like, he calls his theory the purple ocean. And that was the first time for me that I was like, wow. So, it's not about just finding a good product that you think, you like, it is good for yourself. No, no, no. It's about studying the market, being a student of the market, see what they want, all this things right like so so, so so what does a student of the market mean right let, let let's bring it to maybe 
a, a basic language that Luisa can understand, right? So I think uh, basic language is what is the people that you want to serve? What do they want? Exactly. Because sometimes, and I think this conversation came up there, is like sometimes we really want to push a product that we feel is the right choice, that we feel is needed in the marketplace. And then when we put it out, uh, it flops mm -hmm. because that's not what either the market market needs or wants, yeah, right? I think I, it, it could be a an ego-driven product sometimes, right? And we talked we talked about that yeah. with Todd. And it's like, okay, I, you know, a lot of a lot of new products and a lot of new ideas come out of personal needs, right? If if one of my needs is not being met, then if I'm adventurous enough, I'm gonna try to find a solution or create a solution. So if I don't find a solution, I try to create it. You know, certain type of people go do that, and that's how businesses and entrepreneurship works. And most like big companies like that, that's a that's a story that c comes out. It's like, oh, you know, there's a problem to this, and then I found the solution, and then I sold the heck out of it, and now we're billionaires, right? But how many have tried that right so statistically right the big ones triumph we can probably count with like our hands maybe 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 more a little bit but there are millions of people that are trying these things out right so you don't have to do that to actually be successful at selling or something you have to listen to the the market the people that want to buy from you what are their needs and then deliver that And sometimes it's not your solution. Yeah. I, I remember kind of like a mind-blowing moment for me mm. when we were working with Steve was that he said, like, you don't need a product to sell it. And I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> we've always been trying to create all these, like, product services, whatever, and then go and sell them. And he's like, no, you just got to ask your people what do they want. And then kind of like maybe put a curriculum, you Cre know, create like, the promise, no, create no, the yeah, promise, exactly. Create the promise, the idea, mm -hmm. sell the idea, and then with their help, create the product. And now you're going to have a product that is pretty much tested already by the market and is ready to go. Let's call it to the mass market. And I was like, what? That is <laughs> awesome. That is definitely mind blowing. Because uh, how many people lose time creating a product or service, whatever, Yeah. And and then they launch it and it flops, and people is like, dude, I spent so much. Like they are so attached to what they created that it's a blow. It's a personal blow at that point because yeah. they're like, wow, like it flops. I don't feel like is it wrong? Is it something that I am missing? You know, is it, it it is? Am I wrong or whatever? <laughs> you know, like it gets yeah. all personal with yourself. There was like this story. I think I heard it on the Marketing Secrets podcast, right? And uh, you know, this this guy that has been he was like a successful author, and he was like publishing different books. And you know, he published this one book, and then he goes to to Russell, right? Who's this like marketing amazing dude, right? And he's like, hey, Russell, like I I cannot sell this book. I don't understand. Like people are not buying it. What do I do? And it's like, have you tried this? Have you tried A? Have you tried B? Have you tried C? And the guy's like, yes, I've tried that. And I've tried that. And I've tried that. Like, I don't get it. I don't get why I cannot sell it. And uh, Russell looked at him and he's like, hey, like, have you considered that people might not actually want your book? <laughs> Yeah. And wow, you know, that has to be a blow. Imagine the years this guy took to write that book, right? for it not to sell because we sometimes assume that that's there. So yeah. bringing it back to content, I think that's why content is so important because it allows you, and we touched on this with him, this content allows you to test your big ideas, your marketing ideas, your messages. 
the things that you might want to do that you think it, this is a great way to test them out to see if your audience responds to it. Because if, if it does respond, then you have something there that then you can probably monetize and at, at the same time add so much value to that audience. Yeah. So I, I think bringing it down to that, it's like, okay, how can now I how, how can I do that now? Okay, well, try to come up with a consistent strategy to stay present every single day frequently and consistency, consistently over time so you can test and test messages and uh, maybe ideas of your products. Maybe you say a crazy idea and they're like, oh my God, yes, we want that, right? It's yeah. very different from needing to wanting. Yeah, right? it's kind of like this loop. You listen to the market, create your big ideas, send them back mm -hmm. to the market, listen again to the market, kind of like fix your big ideas or if, if it's stuck, then you can get started with whatever you're doing or whatnot. So I I personally thought that was pretty awesome. You know, oh, that was being, a, being a student of the market, I'm definitely keeping that one for life. Yeah, so with that, I think we're gonna transition to something else that he says. So he says like, look, I've been doing this for 20 years, right? And one of the things is obviously consistency, right? But like never never be afraid of taking action and failing, right? Like always ask yourself, like, what's the worst it can happen? Especially with content, whatever you're pushing out there, right? If you never try, then you're never gonna get feedback from the market, which is what we we're just talking about. And then you're not gonna progress, right? So do you remember a story of something that we were maybe like hesitant to do? Because um, we were a little freaked out. Um was it the podcast? Anything that you remember. I don't know. This is not oh, a trick okay. question. I thought it was a true question. I thought it was totally a trick <laughs> question. This is like, definitely not oh, a trick no, question. I don't know the answer. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things, right? Um, yeah. That we've been freaked out to do. Sales. Going to restaurants at first when <laughs> we first started. Knocking on doors. Call selling. Um, 45 Live publishing. Like, yeah, that was time. scary. I, I think it comes to a point where it's like, honestly, the if you ask yourself, What do I have to lose? Like, if I don't take action, right? Like, mm -hmm. you're just gonna find yourself in the same exact spot where you are at that moment if you don't take action. Yeah. Like, you're not losing anything. Maybe you're gaining a little bit of rejection from the other person, right? But the problem is that we are so afraid of rejection. It's like, oh no, like, that person rejected me. <laughs> so, it's okay. Maybe that's not the right person for you to talk about that idea. Yeah, Go we, on, move on to the talked, next one. We talked about that with uh, McCall, right? Like, it's like, okay, your message is your filter. And sometimes we flip it and we say, well, I have the wrong message. And maybe we should be thinking, well, maybe we have the wrong audience. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, it's... It, your message is the right one because it feels okay. You feel comfortable doing it. You're happy doing it. Like you're enjoying it. And if that audience is not enjoying that, then maybe you want to look a different way and find yeah. that thing. Right? I, I think that is so common that you're like, okay, I want to serve this type of people. Right. Example. When we first started, we're like, okay, we're going to work with restaurants. We never ask ourselves, <laughs> who do we actually truly want to serve? Yeah, right, I, like, I don't even know why we said restaurants. I think we said restaurants because the course that we were have like we were doing at that point. <laughs> said restaurants. They were talking about servicing restaurants ah. that they were kind of easy, uh, all that stuff. There's so much more to that. <laughs> I mean, we are not fans of the restaurant industry. Yeah, let, let us know in the, in the comments or like send us a DM if you want to listen more information about that. Yeah, because that is a heck of a story right there. Yeah, maybe might have been the the experience that we had that we you know we had a pretty rough <laughs> stingy client at first um but we're not gonna oh, say man. we're not gonna say any names no nope. but it was like it was tough because we didn't look into ourselves and say okay who do we really want to serve who do we want to help move forward it was not these restaurants 
So yeah. we went there and there was so much friction trying to service them. I mean, and also the fact that we were just learning everything that we were doing. And, oh man, it was so tough. It was rough. We, the, it got to a point that we were like, we don't want to do it anymore. Let's move on. Yeah, I think we were also on a mental stage where it's like, okay, we're listening to these guys, like we're learning and uh, let's go implement, right? And then we will implement. And I don't know if you thought this, but I really thought that. And I'm like, I think, like, I really think this is the only way, right? So I I guess my eyes were like this close. I and mean, if you're looking at the video, right? I'm oh, doing man. like the, the whole, but it's just like, I thought there was like that one path, right? And then as we started different points of view and, and expanding, you know, who we're listening to or the other options or examples, then we would go out and try. Sometimes a lot of people like kind of freeze with all the options that are presented to them, right? Yeah. And they don't execute. So you can go ahead. If that doesn't work, what's a different solution? Not better, different, right? And that's another topic that we talked about, yeah. right? Different and then go implement it. Doesn't work. What's a different one? And go implement it yeah. right, right away. I've, I love the the perspective topic. Of course, I do. We've mentioned that in pretty much every <laughs> single episode. But yeah, uh, the thing is like, and I, I every time we talk about perspective, this example comes to mind. We were at Offermind, Steve Larson's event, and Myron Golden was on stage. Mm. I think this mm. is the best example of perspective, or kind of like you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, uh, that I, that I've ever experienced. Yeah, and I think it was like you. You, I never thought about it that way, honestly. But I think it's what you were saying. Like we were learning from these people, right? And it was like or introduction to entrepreneurship. I know you're gonna laugh at how I say <laughs> the word entrepreneurship, or uh, and also like it was their introduction to like being business owners. Yeah, right. I mean business owners if you are listening to a podcast i'm doing <laughs> quotation quotations <laughs> yeah um because we were just freelancers at the moment yes. but uh the thing is the example that myron gave it, it, is this one so he had money in his hand but i'm just gonna do it right here in this office so this office that we're right now is pretty big right it has a whiteboard it has a big calendar on the wall it has a super awesome power ranger helmet <laughs> that it's on the side that you cannot see right now yeah so many things in this office right that we can learn from we can we can experience but the issue is that we live our lives to life only knowing what we know right how, how does that look so imagine my fist is all i know so i have one eye closed and my fist is right in my eye right in front of it that it doesn't let me see the room for those watching on facebook live right now they must be saying what, what is this dude heck? doing yeah. <laughs> it looks so crazy <laughs> but i got my fist right in one of my eye and i'm closing my other eye right so whatever i turn it doesn't matter because I'm just looking at my closed fist, which is all I know at this moment. But when a, some other source of opportunity presents itself, somebody that knows some other different, right, something different, I can start pulling my fist farther back and I can see all the other possibilities. Can you? Right? I can see them okay. now. Wow, <laughs> look at that big light in front of us. So I, I think... I never, I never looked at it that way, honestly. But I think it was that that yeah. we were with the fist in front of our face because all we could see was this is the only way that can be done mm -hmm. because we were just like dived into that course and it was the very first yeah. one and maybe we didn't have money at the moment to invest in some other people or whatnot. But I mean, I can tell from experience. We actually, as we grow or perspective, yeah. And and then you, I, I've, oh man, this is so cool because. As we grow, I feel like we start developing 
you know, our own voice, our own reasoning, mm -hmm. uh, and we can start making decisions based on our on no, on knowledge. Uh, maybe a little bit more objective yeah. decisions that are gonna like. Well, even move sometimes you uh, we actually had that experience yesterday with uh, one of our clients, right? Like um, they've been producing content for about three months with us. Amazing, right? And they had a really cool idea where they had like this product that they wanted to sell to an audience and their business evolved, right? And that idea be became a little obsolete, right? So they called in and they're like, hey guys, you know, um, all the content that we were creating, even though we talk about mindset development and all this stuff, was branded as this product, right? And, uh, I, you know, I think we have to pause it because like we're gonna pause that product, but then we wanna do something else related to those same topics, right? But we don't really know the direction. And, you know, if we don't know about direction, that was us when we first started publishing. And now this has opened the possibilities like crazy. And we're finding that direction through publishing, which is amazing, right? Um, so we didn't know where the, this podcast was going to go, but it helped us do that. So I tell that story and, um, and this guy goes like, hmm, that's a good perspective because we could grab some of the content and, and, and applying it to the new thing and we just like make it look slightly different. And sometimes from the outside, that might be a really good solution but when you're, or, or an easy like thing to, to yeah. see. But when you're inside in your own thing, right, it might be really hard because we don't relate both of them. So because you have that closed sight. Yeah. Sometimes it, we could, we just need to step back a little bit, breathe. Okay, how can I, you know, with the assets or the stuff that I'm creating, the the information that I've consumed, how can I now do something different, right? That I could also utilize that. So that was pretty cool. And at the end of the day, the guy said, okay, you know, that's fine. Let's pivot, right? Which is okay. And let's try that new thing because I don't want to start publishing. I want to continue to do this. I want to continue to find my message and uh, do this and that. So yeah, pretty cool example, right? So to kind of like start like, Closing down a little bit. There's so many good, good. Closing good. down. <laughs> Closing okay. we're down. Gonna, we're gonna have to do like round two round of two top of the, round the bonuses because it was so awesome. No, but really, I, like, I, I, I honestly feel like we're we have just talked about like the first 10, 15 to, minutes of his interview. <laughs> I know. Let's see. So you know, we talked about you know better the the, con the concept of better is subjective. Uh, better is also an expectation nowadays, right? So it's like, how can you be different through that unique mechanism, right? So do you want to dive in a little bit into uh, that? And, yeah, and I mean, we, we talked about exactly like with Tom Brown, better versus different, right? Yeah. Um, you said it. Subjective. Better is different for everybody else. And now people don't go on like, oh, how's your product better than the other one? It's like, no. What makes you different? Like, yeah. it, it, it's... We the, assume that it's going to be better. Yeah, right? the, the, exactly. Like, the buying process has changed. Like, And then he, he was saying it, like, people are not fools anymore. I mean, mm -hmm. not saying that people were fools. But, like... They're, they're educated. They're, they're educated. They're, the exactly. market is educated mm, now. That, mm, mm, that's the word right there. The market is educated right now. Thank you. And <laughs> when they're going to make a, a buying decision, yeah. they do their research, mm -hmm. right? So, like, now, you know, you cannot be... I mean, people is going to catch up if you're trying to do any, you know, sketchy things around there. So, what he was talking about is, like, you need to show them and prove to them that you can deliver the results in a different way that you know is gonna benefit them um and he talked about how can we ask him you know so like how can people differentiate themselves 
because people that might be listening, they were like, okay, well, that's easy, easy to say, but like, how can I find my different? How can I be different? Yeah. And he was talking about an idea that he speaks in this book is the unique mechanisms, right? And he has three of them. Um, I don't remember the actual names. I mean, I wrote them down here. But that's okay. That's okay because the full episode yeah. is like right here on their feed. And, exactly. And you can go listen to it. I definitely, if you haven't done it yet, please go ahead and please do it. Please do it. Uh, yeah, and do it like two or three times in slow-mo too so you can take notes. <laughs> so the first <laughs> one, I think he called it actual uh, mechanism or real mechanism. The real mechanism. And what what it is, is that your product actually has something that makes it unique. That makes it different mm -hmm. from everybody else. So if it is a software, it might be uh, some sort of code that makes it special or algorithm, stuff like that, right? Um, honestly, I think that might be like one of the most difficult ones to achieve. If I'm not, if I'm, I mean, correct me. If you know of some products that are extremely unique, yeah. just, just let us know in the comments. We would love, you know, we would love to keep going with this conversation. The other one is the unspoken mechanism, which I love this idea because a lot of people are like, first, let me, first I'm going to explain what the un unspoken mechanism is. So the unspoken mechanism is that you, it, it's not unique what you have inside your product or service, right? Yeah. Because your competitors might have it as well, yet it is unique for your customers because your competitors are not marketing that side or that idea from their business. Right. Exactly. So I think that is so powerful because a lot of times we look at the competition. And look, there are, I'm not going to lie, there are other content repurpose companies out there, right? And when we first started, we were like, oh, man, like, oh, that is so, <laughs> like, oh, we got competition. Like, we're not the first ones on the space. Well, you know what? We're going to be the first ones to do the M to M, right? And The we, secret sauce. Yeah. I, this is going to sound a little conceited, but uh, call it confident. <laughs> um, I think we are like I'm gonna use your example. We are the Ferraris of content repurposing because yeah. we do it at, at a different scale, right? That too, like that's something that makes us different from our competitors. They mm. do it at a way smaller scale than we do it for our clients, and we have different processes that make us unique. Than our clients. And there's a reason we do that. We're going after a certain type of client. Yep. We're not just open for business either. We're like referral based. Yep. So uh, because of the way that we do the content, it yep. has to be a very specific type of client so we can help them as much as we can to get those results. And that's why it's laid out that way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely correct. So again, I, I invite you if you are in that spot where you're like, okay, my business is not unique. Like, let's say I have a marketing mm -hmm. agency. There are, you know, thousands probably of other marketing agencies. Well, maybe look, yes, their process, your process with them might be similar, mm -hmm. but you might find that they are not marketing that process or that certain aspect, right? Yeah. And you can use that as your big idea and push it to the crowd, to the market, and they're gonna say, wow, yeah. that is so unique. The other companies are gonna be like, wow, why didn't we think about doing that before? <laughs> and then you're gonna get all that mm, juicy, uh, uh, mm, juicy, juicy revenue. The, the moolah. And <laughs> a good example of it, I think, is Steve Larson, yeah, right? Like, he uses the big idea of kind of like your final offer, the offer creation king. And I think that's absolutely amazing because once you go into his programs, like, obviously, he teaches you about, you know, what comes before offer, 
mainly he teaches you what comes before offer that is gonna is what's gonna make an amazing offer yeah. right and then but at he, the end the product is the funnel yeah right? so but, how many funnel builders are there right yeah exactly but again going he grabbed the big idea he said okay all these people in the market are not marketing this way they're they're not using this big idea i'm gonna lead with that and i mean he has been extremely extremely successful so again Look inside your business and your competitors see how you can find that big idea and make it the unique, that unspoken mechanism. And the third one, which honestly, I don't even know how to pronounce it. It was we're a, gonna We're going to call it T mechanism. Yeah, it starts we're gonna with a T. We're going to call it T mechanism. Uh, it, you're going to have to go watch and go, go back and see it. Yeah, watch it. he said it was a word uh, that Tra came tra from... Transient or something? No, no, it was... No, no, it was no. Something super, it, super hard for us to pronounce. Yeah, it was, it was a difficult word. But he said it came from... Catholicism yeah. and it's pretty much kind of like turning something common to uncommon like to absolutely amazing mm -hmm. so the example he gave was kind of like turning the water into wine right so I'm guessing it's like how you can turn your your big marketing idea what you're doing and paint the picture of being absolutely amazing I love it so much information obviously and uh It might sound like we're just rambling about, but we're like literally this is our process and we want to walk you through that process on on learning and, and capturing those ideas because sometimes after we see a lesson or after we see some kind of content that is really important or really resonates with us, we just use ourselves to have that conversation so it like imprints in our brain yep. and then we can apply it, right? So when you take information, you take it in and then you express it to somebody else, like you start a conversation and, and explain to them the idea that you just learned and that's gonna facilitate your learning process. So we're kind of doing this live today, Uh, just because we have to pivot and we have to stay consistent and we have to learn. So why not? We have to stack those wins as we do every single day. So that's why we're doing this. And uh, and also, if you skip the episode, go go back and listen to it because it is truly, truly, truly amazing. Like every other guest that we've been we've had in the yeah. show, really. So um, I think I want to touch on like one last topic before we say goodbye. And uh, this was from an episode that we we that he produced. And uh, it's about the point of view on when I invest money in my marketing, right? So like many of you know, we come from the brick and mortar industry and um, when we're talking about advertising or marketing, we see it as an expense or we used to see it as an expense, right? Um, and if, if you're there and you think this, please go ahead and listen to this very carefully because you are wrong, completely wrong. So marketing and advertising and content is an investment think like an investor right so it comes from a lot of a lot of people focus on the front end yeah. right so it's like okay if i put 50 in advertising and i get 50 back is that a good thing or a bad thing normally people say it's a bad thing because i'm breaking even i'm not making any money and but, i'm here like <laughs> but guess what i give up the answer it is a wonderful thing yeah Because you broke even and then that customer can spend money with you over a period of time on the back end of your business. So let's let's talk you're a membership-based business, right? So you pay 50 bucks, you acquire a customer at 50 bucks, but then guess what? They sign up for a monthly recurring revenue. And you know that your lifetime average value, value of your <laughs> customer is six months and your memberships yeah. is a hundred bucks. Guess what? 
you just made 600 bucks out of that customer, right? That's if you right. if you deliver and you make sure that yeah, you stay true to your promise, right? So if you know that those numbers on the back end, then the question becomes how much money are you willing to invest on the front end to make that happen? Yeah. I mean, would you spend 300 bucks to then you know, earn a potential 600 bucks. Yeah. I totally would, right? Like, even if it cost me, if I have to pay 300 bucks and then the client pay 50 bucks to become my client, but I know in the long run, I'm going to make 600 overall, right? That's now right. I'm making a $300 profit. That's a 50% return on what I spend to get. No, that's a 100% return. Yeah. Wow. Ooh. That's a 100% return what I spend on getting my client, right? So that... That's a good return right there. Like, yeah. there's probably no other, like, investment, you know, places that you yeah. can go and get a 100% return <laughs> like that. Obviously, this is hypothetically. It is, it is a million-dollar scenario, right? Because you can then grab those 50 bucks and return them back into the ad pile, right? And then you keep acquiring customers that are going to pay you on the yeah. back end. So I want to I wanna bring a little of perspective, right, to this again. And, and that's obviously with paid ads, where metrics are so important to track. And we can go back to yeah. Lisanne's episode, I was about to uh, say which that. was freaking amazing as well. And, and we talk about those key metrics that you need to know. But at the same time, we we're actually doing the math on our show yesterday on the podcast. This podcast has uh, created an amazing stream of not just only prospect and leads, but relationships yeah. and business, right? So we came up with the math. And every time we produce a one-hour episode, we literally make 500 bucks right now. So just by making this episode, yep. we're making $500. So talk about an investment in your time right now. Hopefully that goes up. That's right? The plan. That's the plan. But at the same time, it's like, okay, a lot of people go back and see like, okay, well, I'm, I'm doing organic content. How do I monetize it? Or how do I do this? You got to make that connection between your content and your sales process, right? And sometimes it's not an order page. Sometimes it is a relationship. Sometimes is the deals or the JVs that come from that relationship because you are investing your time in creating this platform or mm -hmm. show to then create these relationships and uh, create profit for your own business. So on both ends, you got to take a deep breath and assume the position of an investor. So go watch Shark Tank. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it comes down to knowing your metrics. Exactly. It, it comes down to that. Know your numbers. What is the lifetime average value of your customer? And what is the, I mean, you can call it average car value or your cost per acquisition yeah. um, for your customers. And then you can go from that, right? Like then you can know, okay, I need to spend between this and this so I can be comfortable acquiring yeah. customers. So I think those are very, very powerful lessons, guys. And uh, I, I know we went over a bunch of topics today, but that's what's beautiful about this learning process. And and I think now they're printed in our brain and uh, we're going to keep them forever. So, I mean, they, you know what they say, if you really want to learn something, you got to share it with others. And that's what we did. We took advantage that we had the honor of having Mr. Todd Brown here in the show. Again, like how much money, right? Like, would someone have to spend to spend an hour with him, right? And we had the pleasure of having him for an hour in our show, teaching us all this like good stuff, right? Yeah. So the best thing that we can do is go over it, share it again with you guys. And it's a little selfish, but it's so we can learn it better. Yeah. But at the same time, it's so we can serve you better because we know all this information is going to do 
amazing stuff for you. So yeah. make sure you either go back and listen to Todd Brown's episode and implement or watch this one one more time <laughs> and implement. Because again, at the end of the day, you need to take action. Yeah, and that's the action point from today, guys. So without further ado, guys, thank you so much. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button. Thank you so much. Uh, follow us on social media at the Peace Bros. Go on Facebook and Instagram and uh, send us a DM. Say hi. That's right, guys. And if you found this episode impactful, please don't forget to share with others and don't forget to leave a five-star review. Thank you. Bye.